is kind of See, good and bad. Are we allowed to ask questions? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, I am totally uh, way, way open Q and A. Um, so. Is that yours, right? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Would you say sorry? I'm the one that asked the question, and then I got all involved. Everyone else can ask questions except for you. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's it's all good. Yeah. Um yeah, so yeah, so you know, middle after uh prompted hand, a hand going up will will stop me, which is good, right? Um yeah, I'm I don't get flustered plus I got my notes here to remind me of things. Um I'm trying to think if I should do the intro. Well, I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, th- th- this this when I was going to come down here, this was the message that dropped in me um, for Atlanta area, wherever we are, actually. Because I was going to, I kept thinking, going to Atlanta, and then I end up, I'm not in Atlanta, I'm in North Atlanta, or I'm someplace, I don't know where I am. But, um, but this is the, the deal. And um, um, it's, the, the Latin term is uh, ne humanus crede, which means trust no human. Okay, and I thought, God, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, trust no human. We're at sideboards and Nephilim. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know. So uh, John six sixty, uh, and for those who, I'm loving John six, but uh, in John six verse sixty, um, his disciples heard this, and he was talking about you know eat my flesh and blood stuff and. You know, most of the guys who followed him kind of left him. But his disciples said, um, we've heard this. And many of them said, this is a hard and difficult and strange saying. As in, it's offensive and unbearable message, right? Who can stand to hear it? Who can be expected to listen to such a teaching? So when Jesus was talking about the, you know, eat my body, drink my blood type thingy, some people had, you couldn't go with the faith part behind it, and they they just heard cannibalism and quickly said he's lost his mind and we're out of here. I can't believe we followed this man, you know. And and um, some people talk about hundreds of his followers left. Some people have numbered like four hundred people left during the meeting, right? And then Jesus, being how smooth talker he was, he turned to the twelve and go, "Are you leaving too?" I'm thinking. Dude, where's the compassion? You know, and um, so, so, so John six is is a wild chapter, but and he and, and he he gives this message that is really, you know, if you read it from a Greek mindset or even a King James version mindset or whatever, you read it on the on the surface, you're like, what is he talking about? You know, and and. You know, and if you actually get to go there in the spirit or your imagination, there's not, it's not very, it's not a nice message, right? Mm-hmm. He's not a nice teacher. He doesn't explain what he's talking about. He says, go to heaven and get it. Well, where is heaven? Oh, you should have known. I mean, this is really, you know. And so, uh, so that's my intro into this message I'm about to give you. <laughs> I, this, my, my desire is this to be um, in, intentionally offensive to your intellect. Okay, uh, I wanted to be like 
your brain should say, I'm totally offended. The first law that you'd say my humanity, I should not trust my humanity. I mean, something that you should almost, hopefully, you know, to whoever's listening to this message, it should rise up and you throw your computer down and what? What's that man talking about? And that's the kind of thing that I'm hitting and attacking. So your spirit man will go, that's fresh air. About time we're talking about real life. Your soul will go, oh, he's found us out. And I'll say this from a first-hand point of view. I was at a meeting um, probably two years pre-Ian, right? Um, I I was supporting a meeting in D.C., and Cindy Jacobs and her husband Michael were at the meeting. And um, this is back when, uh, uh, what's her name, was at the meeting too? Jane, Jane, Jane Austen. Not Jane Austen, it's, it's close. Jane. She's passed. She's passed. Yeah. It's not Hammond. No. Oh, Jill. Jill Austen, Austin, thank you. Austin, yeah. So Jill was at the meeting too, right? So there was a lot of spirit stuff, and I wasn't quite into spirit stuff, right? So I was real big in my brain. But I remember I was helping the meeting out. I was ushering and helping the book table. And my back was towards the, I mean, I was in the very back in this little side area. And I wasn't, you know, giving my back to Cindy, but I was working, you know, you're working behind the scenes. So I'm, my back is to Cindy and Mike. And they were doing it. It wasn't even the meeting meeting. It was just the greeting announcement type thing. My back was to Cindy and Mike. And, but, you know, you can hear, you know. And they said something about uh, a Greek mindset. Now, I'd never heard anything about a Greek mindset. Now, I knew enough from, I, I'd studied some philosophy, and I'm very logical. My background's engineering, some, you know, I know stuff. And, um, but when she said something, if you will, uh, I wasn't focused on that. She said something, da-da-da, Greek mindset, and it went negative on it, my head, started turning by itself around. I had to turn my body to go with it because my head went, and I was like, what? And I had to go with it because it was like, where are you going, you know? And so I'm like, what? And it was weird because I'm thinking, yeah. I, it, was, it was weird because I have, it was, yeah, it was weird. Now I've got very good control of my body. I wasn't having a seizure or anything, but it was like my head went by itself and I had to go, had to turn with it to turn around. And I'm like, and what was that? And what's so important that I have to give my attention to? So I'm like, I'm looking for, and then I focus on Mike and, and uh, um, Cindy, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And you're talking about this Greek mindset. And so I really don't remember what they said, but in my spirit, inside of me, I heard they found me out. And I went, found, found who out? Who, 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 who got found? You know, it was really weird, right? So I'm thinking, who got found out? And that was, that was it. And so now I, I, had, I went on this little, not adventure or hunt, but there was something about Greek mindset. I thought it was great to have a Plato-type thingy that knowledge was good and da-da-da. I mean, I was very smart, very intellectual. I had, you know, I, you know Plato and Socrates, these guys were my friends, you know. And, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with these guys, you know? We're questioners. We're inquisitive. The Socratic method. It's okay, you know. Um, my parents like all the questions I asked growing up, but that's okay. I like, I like wisdom, but the whole Sophia wisdom is actually a false god. But I didn't know that, you know. And so, but on that day was a day that 
the line was being drawn between my spirit and my soul. Didn't know it clear, but there was like this, there's a difference. And I didn't know it was a line, of, a battle line, right? I didn't know that my soul was reigning supreme over my being, okay? Reigning supreme. Unchallenged. Every once in a while I was challenged by my, because my, you know, I, was, I grew up in spirit places. I was, you know, it, so I was praying in tongues last my strong. My spirit was getting stronger and stronger. And so right about a year and a half ago, post-Ian stuff, and I'm, you know, really strengthening my spirit, man, and, you know, I'm doing something, and, uh, and it wasn't quite the splitting the spirit and soul, but it was around that time frame when the message came out. And I was already dealing with it at a level. Um, I wrote in my journal saying, Dear soul, stop trying to be like my spirit. You will never be my spirit. Then a few weeks later, Dear soul, no matter how many scriptures you memorize, how clean you get, how organized you get, uh, how renewed you get, you're not designed to lead me. My spirit is. And the battle was drawn, right? And then my soul started pouting. Like, why can't I lead? I've been leading for a long time. I'm pretty good at this. I'll do what you say, but let me be number one. And this is the conversation. I'm, I'm thinking like, why is this so clear? I didn't know there. I mean, I knew my body had a voice. Feed me. Don't run me too hard. You know, work out a little bit. And it was, you know, very small. My, my soul, long decisions, discussions, and rationales. Well, you know, the spirit life is okay if you take it and reason in moderation, da-da-da-da-da. And I would go, well, and, I, and I'd agree. With, well, you know, you had a point there. And we'd have these conversations, right? But then all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. I'm this life in this life. And my soul was negotiating for, I'll let you be spirit-led every once in a while as long as I have last say. Okay? And I'm having, as I get to spend more time with the Father, the Father's going, are you going to follow me or are you going to follow yourself? I go, what do you mean? Well, why do you keep questioning everything I say? And why do you say, Father, give me two more verses? You know, like the two verses are stronger than thus saith me, <laughs> you know, kind of deal. And I was like, and I used to be, I get to the point where I would, um, I would say, well, Lord, let me think about that. Uh-huh. And which meant I, my soul, is deciding what's best for me because I know better. I'll take it into consideration. I knew who was Lord of my life, my soul, uh-huh. right? And so I started having this battle with, oh, my gosh, there's a ring. I didn't have a dragon. I had my soul. You know, I feel like, did you kill the dragon yet? Forget a dragon. I was Lord. My little ego was so big. It killed a dragon. Forget that. And I'm like, oh, I said, does anyone else do it? I mean, so I was, I really had to get my soul in the right place. You know, I first wanted to kill it. Then I realized that's killing part of me. You know, that's unhealthy. Right. And so the soul suicide wasn't a good option, which I, I thought about it for a long time. And you can do stuff on that. Right. But then you're killing a third of yourself. And you're, needed, you need, you're a three-part being, okay? Each area has to be whole. And then I was teaching someplace, and I said something out of my mouth like, you know, you can't kill your soul, but what happens is if you've got a weak spirit and a strong soul, 
you can never be, you're not healthy either. You need a healthy soul and a strong spirit, and then you're functional. But what happens is people have weak spirits and a soul that's been dominant for a long time and try to be spirit-led, and it's impossible because they've never strengthened their spirit, man. And I actually said, you've got a punk spirit, and people were offended and got off by Skype call. (laughs) What's a punk spirit? Well, you've got a malnourished, underfed, not strengthened spirit, man. It's, It's alive, but there's no strength in it, right? Because you've given attention and, and all this to your soul. So anyway, so it, was just, it was this deal of, you know, okay, don't kill my soul, but put it in place. Okay, get stronger in my spirit. Feed my spirit. Feed my spirit. Keep telling my soul, you're not in charge. You're not in charge. And then spirit lead, you know, govern, uh, lord, submit, you know, show, how, show your soul how to submit. You submit to the lord, and you soul submit your spirit and body. Hang in there, you know, and we won't fast as much if you, you know, kind of keep doing this deal. So anyway, so all of that is I started trying to figure out how to be a son, and a son of God is very clear. Sons are led by the Spirit, not by your soul. It's very clear scripture, right, of that. So somehow this dropped into this whole trust no human thing, right? And uh, we're going to, we'll see how this goes. So the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a pure human point of view in terms of natural standards of value. Even though we once did estimate Christ from a human viewpoint. And as a man, we thought of Jesus as just a man who had some, I guess, some bonus power or something, right? Yet now we have such knowledge of him that we no longer think them in the terms of the flesh. Okay? And then verse 517 is about we're now new creatures in Christ Jesus. You know, behold, all things have passed and new things have come. So we got to go, okay, wait a minute. If we're, if we're going to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus and Paul here no longer looked at Jesus as a man and we're something new. And if you have any teachings about uh, being a new creature of Christ Jesus, you know, never seen before on this planet Earth and a new, 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 it's not renewed, it's totally new, never seen before type thingy. And it's not, it's not you, it's something else. And you go, what is that? And that's where we can kind of get our heads around, try to, try to a bit. But we can't live... Um, we can't have a, we can't look at our lives from you know, an earth perspective when we're citizens of another kingdom, okay? We need to start acknowledging the rules, the roles, and stuff of that kingdom to live here and come visit here, right? I was, early on, I was thinking that I I'd said in my journal or on Facebook, we need to change our place of origin. We need to be from heaven and visit earth, not be... I've been going to heaven a lot. That's great. But your point of origin needs to be heaven. Change your home address and visit earth a lot. But you need to get this culture. How do you get a culture? You live there for a while. You know, the immersion technique. You know, if you're learning language, they tell you the best way is to do the immersion deal. Well, if you want to be a heaven citizen, hang out in heaven longer. You know, where we've lived long, mostly, we mostly engage on earth, right? That's why you're earthling, right? We don't need an earthling. We need to be whatever this is, or oh, so the veil being, whatever that is. But we need to 
get the mind of Christ by hanging out with him there and looking, well, how do you see this? You know, everybody knows you go get, you know, a little mountain view and the city looks different from a, from a height, right? From a military perspective, every uh, the point of advantage is from the heights, right? But if we looked at our lives from this perspective, and you know, using the height perspective, or a heaven perspective, or the other side, the veil perspective, it's totally different, right? If you, all, if you continue to see yourself as merely human, you'll take on all of the physical limitations, spiritual limitations, social limitations, all the limitations of this realm. John 3.31 says, he who is from above is far superior than he who is from below. Far superior, far superior. Uh, we're the head and not the tail. We're above, not beneath. Who is this people we're talking about? We have to have a change of mindset, right? And it starts with, whose report shall I believe? Mm-hmm. What is that report? Well, the report is only on this side of the veil. You know, it's not, it's, you know, and it, it started kind of sort of when, well, it started probably lots of places, but one that's always clear to me is when, when God comes down in Exodus from Mount Sinai and he's coming down with the fire and the shaking and the rumblings and now Moses said, we're going to meet God in a couple of days. So, hey, get ready. And I went, yeah. Then when he showed up, whoa, 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 back up, back up, back up. Moses, you go. <laughs> and, and they were kind of half-hearted. Whatever you hear, you tell us, we'll do. That's kind of good, you know. But we've kind of adopted that as the is the um, standard operating procedure for for church on this planet. You mystical people, weirdo people, you guys go to heaven, get some revelation, and we'll give you names like prophet, apostle, fivefold minute. We'll give you some cool title. You come back, and you tell us what God said. So you don't need a relationship. You just need us. And then we've exalted that to some hierarchy thingy, and, and we blame, you know, Prophet Bob for my failings because I'm, not Im- I'm immature and I don't handle things right because I don't have a living relation. I don't have a living, very interdependency with the Father. And so, therefore, um, if I'm not in his presence, I'm not being changed by him. You know, I may get some secondhand smoke or secondhand glory because... Prophet guy went in and came back, and he's changed. His face is glowing, and I go... Ooh, I'm getting reflection from the glow. Mm-hmm. But we're supposed to be face-to-face, right? Um, so, but it starts with, um, again, that verse, Consequently, from now on, we estimate and regard no one. Wait a minute. We regard no one purely from a human point of view. Mm-hmm. That's a mind shift there, right? We regard no one from a pure... This is Amplified, I'm reading from... We regard no one from a purely human point of view. What point of views are available? Mm-hmm. You know? Now, in, 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 if we study psychology and stuff, people view humans as you're just uh, an animal with two legs and you have a beast personality and your motivation. So society will view people from an animal, you're all animals type deal. So mm-hmm. we know that's kind of true from studies and TV shows and stuff, you know, all men just want sex and all women just want security and, and that's the way things are, right? And so that's in the church too. But this scripture says we no longer view people from a purely human point of view. So there's got to be a, a God point of view, right, that is available for everyone, right? And this is where 
we really need to have that, you know, let's do not be conformed to the world, but let our minds be transformed by the renewing of our mind. This is a thing we need to look at, the renewing, right? What is this view that's on the other side of the veil? Um, uh, in terms of natural standards, whoa, natural standards, which means there's another standard, a, a divine or a supernatural standard. This is not judging from a wrong place. This is like, well, how, how do I change the world? Do I get more money? Which, you know, that's effective at a level. You know, if I've got Bill Gates' money, then I can bring change to the world. That is a effective strategy, right? So there are many, uh, not many, there are several church people who have a gift for in the financial realm, and they're working a way to do to get enough wealth to have an impact in a financial deal. And they're taking the financial amount and they're doing that. And that's a way, right? But is it, that's a natural way and it's effective, okay? You know, uh, I'm happy for those who are, uh, uh, supporting the missionaries and doing that kind of thing. But is there another standard that we should be living from that's available? This is a question, right? Um, but this verse is very, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hitting, but it's, it's even talking about uh, we shouldn't do anyone at a natural point of view or human point of view. And matter of fact, we viewed Jesus, who we knew wasn't from earth. We thought of him as natural. We said things like, whoa, 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 don't get crucified. Or, come to the temple now, show yourself. That's how we do it. It's not my time. What do you mean it's not your time? You told us you were the savior of the world. Big party. Let's tell everyone. It's not my time. What? I won't let you go. Get you behind me, Satan. What? You call me a devil? You know. So there was always this little conflict. How long will I be with you, you people of little faith? What's this guy talking about? Who's walking in the water? So it was that whole view of, who is this guy? Right? And so, and finally, you know, Peter goes, you know, God says, Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. That statement is available for all of us. Mm -hmm. That's the other perspective that we need to walk in, right? Now, again, you know, one verse he does, and the next verse he's back to normal, right? And so we flip-flop back and forth. But that just tells you that we can flip to the right, and we can actually stay there with God's help, right? But, but the cool thing is, or other thing is possible, is like we should recognize when we're not, we're in a natural view. We should recognize when we're in a God view, right? And then when we recognize it, we need to repent and stay at the God view, right? And not make excuses of, well, you know, no one else is really, you know. I mean, you know, it's okay to be, you know, acceptable, you know. Let's... Let's not, you know, shake it up too much. Let's not make any waves. Let's just be, you know, we'll talk about it later. But when you have a divine mandate from heaven and you don't act on it when you're supposed to and you decide to be human, to be accepted, you know, then it's, you know, where's your allegiance, right? Um, when I wrote my first little book, Trying to Follow the Father, I wasn't a budding writer wanting to write, you know. I was someone trying to have a relationship with the Father. He said something I didn't make sense to me. I'm thinking, God, why would you want to write four books when I didn't write the one book you told me to write 25 years ago? That's not logical. If I failed once writing the book, why well, ask me to write four? <laughs> I didn't do the one, you know. And he didn't ask me to write the one that I didn't do again. He says, write these four. And I thought, that doesn't make any sense to me. 
just in case maybe this is you speaking, which doesn't make sense to me, I will write these, I'll write the first book in my journal. That's kind of a book, you know, it's, yeah, it's a book. And, um, but when I finally got the book out, the first test was, you know, okay, do you need a man to approve what you think you did? Because what I wrote was not taught in my church at all. Nowhere near it, right? And when I first heard about it at an Ian conference, I went like, not in my grid and not in my, not in my Bible either or not in my knowledge bank. So Ian, I love all of this except for that little piece there. I'm sorry, not on my shelf, but in the trash can, right? I did the old, you know, chew the meat, spit out the bones type thing, right? And so when I, so I write my little book, you know, and get it in the mail and do a little dance because my labor was actually, I mean, it was weird. I, I was like, oh my God, just a real book, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I was dancing around, honey, I have a real book. Well, what else were you doing all these months? Oh no, I was just typing, <laughs> you know, but when it came in the mail, it was real. It looks real. It's got a little I, ISBN number and everything, you know, it's real. It's not a faith deal. It's real, you know. So I'm dancing around my five copies, right? And um, I take, I give one copy to my wife, and she immediately doesn't like it. So I was okay with that because I was used to that one, you know. I gave four copies to, three copies to leadership in my church, and I said something like, hey, I want to publish, and I, I talked, wait, I was like, <laughs> but I, the translation was, hey, I want to publish this in 30 days. Um, please get back to me if you don't have, if you have any issues or comments or questions. Um, this is what I've been doing for a year. So I don't know what you guys have been doing for after, we meet on Saturday nights, what you do after Saturday, but here's me. <laughs> you know, you know, this is me, you know, you know, and and then these leaders know me, love me. I mean, I serve with them, you know, I'm driving, I'm catching, I'm ushering, I'm prophesying. So it's not like, who are you? I mean, you know, I've, I've caught them all or drove them all or something all, you know, I've served them all for sure. So, um, so 30 days comes and goes, I hear nothing. Um, I don't publish, uh, 60 days goes by and now I'm like, you know, I got a few edits and tweaked and I don't go to them because I was, I was, you know, and I expected they would come to me if I was, you know, so I published the book and then six months later I get a, dear Wally, we're concerned for your soul letter. <laughs> and uh, two weeks later I get a, if you don't change this book, we'll excommunicate you. I was like, excommunicate? You're not even a pastor. You can't. I mean, because one of the guys read it. I've excommunicated people before. I'm thinking, dude. This means your book was a success. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, the real deal was I didn't feel a, a rejection arrow, yeah. which is amazing for me because I love being loved, you know, and, and my peers didn't do well. So, so to me, it was a test of do you want man's approval or are you pursuing the Father, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think I passed. You know, I didn't cry over the letter, email, or the being excommunicated or whatever. But we all need to be challenging who we are, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was it was a neat little test. And this is only a few months ago, <laughs> you know. So we're still in that, right? You know, who who am I really? You know, and 
what am I believing and will I let God defend me or will I try to defend myself, which is one of my big issues, you know, self-defense versus father, trusting the father. So these guys were like, well, you know, matter of fact, we treated Jesus like a human. Mm. So this is kind of a little repentance email. And by the way, we, you know, the son of God, who we knew who he was, we still treated him like a mere man, which is, you know, that was a repentance. So looking at one another, I need to value, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like the meeting I went to last night. Amazing. Right. I need to honor that, not from what I just saw, but what's seen on the other side of the veil, right? Uh, I've only really done this a few times. When I went to Bible school, the Lord said, the people in your class are the pastors and leaders over nations. Treat them that way. I was like, you mean kiss their butt? No. Respect them and realize who they are. But in the room last night, I'm seeing, whoa, it was like, these are people that are over territories, over the scripture, you know, when the, uh, the guy gave him the issue and, and, you know, you traded and I gave you uh, over five cities and ten cities. I saw people in the spirit over ten cities. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know where they were before, but I saw people that at that level of, wow, they're over. I wonder they know who they are. Mm-hmm. Does it, see, it doesn't matter what they know. I know something, and now I need to treat them as you're over 10 cities. <laughs> now I need to ask Father, Father God, because I don't know anybody like that. Well, I, I do, not in Atlanta, but I know some people who are over that level of, of authority. But now I'm like, I've met them. What's my role with them now, mm-hmm. right? Not, I'm accountable for that, right? And so I can't see you as old lady one, old lady two, old lady three, old lady four, old lady five, old lady six. I'm getting older, man. You know, and I can't, it's not nice house person owner, nice pro, you know. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a mere man perspective. I saw people and I, that are over cities and regions and territories. How do I engage with that? I actually don't know. I mean, I'm like going, because I, I didn't expect that. I expected to go see some happy people. I mean, honestly, happy growing people. I was all I was like, they're happy growing, but have arrived. Yeah. There's more, but I'm thinking. I was like, what is this? How, how do we repeat this? How do I get one in Virginia or D.C. or anywhere up there? What do I move? I mean, I, this is this is going to my head, right? Can, will they be my friends? <laughs> you know, will what what? Will they, will they like me? <laughs> you know, are they going to destroy my city? Are they coming to my city to take over? You know, <laughs> will they please come to my city and take over? You know, but, but if I, if I view you from one, from the natural, it's just a bunch of older people who've come together for one thing. Right. But if I view you from what I saw. These people have done well in their investment and the Lord's made them over uh, 10 cities. And I was like, I'm just, just being honest, you know, for the tape. And there are people like, Who, where's this place at? Tell me, you know. I get emails. Where's the place you're talking about in the message? I can't tell you. You're not special. Yet. I'm viewing you from human perspective. And you're not worthy to go there. But, but so we need to the, all the time, right? We need to value what we see from this side of the veil perspective, right? And then act accordingly, right? Whatever that action is, right? Or we can be stupid and go back up here and go, oh, well, nice growing group in, in, in Georgia someplace. I could never find it again, which probably is I couldn't really find it again. They drove me around. And, you know, 
But I need to go, Father, we need to, I need to engage in the spirit, right? I mean, anyway, so I'm going to beat the, the drum, but, so, but Jesus was the last Adam, okay? He wasn't the second Adam. He's the last Adam. Adam is man. Jesus was the last man. So what are we? Okay, okay. If he's the last man, I'm a man, or are you? What do you want to be? Do you want to be a man? Or do you want to be what's... You can be controversial and be like, uh, who's my dude out of Africa who wrote a book? He had a book that got took it off the shelves. I'm a God man. He's, they took his books off. Um, who's the healing guy out of Seattle? He's dead now. But the, John G. Lake. So John G. Lake had some books that said, you know, we're no longer people. We're God men. Oh, yeah. And so those books are out of print because they're like, oh, bring it back. John, we like that power thing, but you can't be saying that kind of stuff. So there's some books out there. They're not in print, but he says, we're God men. Pull them, pull them, pull them, you know. So when you get that revelation of that you're not, if you're not man, then what are you? Well, what happens is when we realize, we all realize, okay, we're new creatures in Christ Jesus, whatever that means. And Jesus is the last man. Then we stop thinking. <laughs> but if we think about it a little bit, we go like, well, that's kind of odd. I'm just going to not think about it. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're not embracing your identity. But it's kind of, you know, someone said like this. If the son of a lion is a lion, then the son of God is a... Right. <laughs> right? You go, I don't want to think about it. And we, we go on, right? But we need to start thinking about it. Father, who am I? Yeah. What is a son of God? I mean, uh-huh. you know, for the tape, we all left at this time. There's no one in the room. You know. but, but really, it's about we don't want to think about it because we don't know how to act. Because you can't act naturally that way. We're not used to acting in our real nature, uh-huh. right? Because if we start acting like our, near, our, real, our real nature, someone might ask a question. And we feel obligated to give an answer. We need to be obligated to be who we are and don't worry about giving an answer. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm learning personally. I, as a, my teaching role, I love to be able to respond and explain, right? Um, but an example, someone, I gave an analogy in the last session about, you know, the power and authority we have. If, if I, you know, killed everybody in the room because I had a loaded machine gun, you know, and someone jokingly said, well, you'd raise from the dead. And I joked because I know what I know. And the joke part of this is I was at a meeting, my f- first Ian meeting, right? And uh, my first meeting? meeting? Yes, yeah, first Ian meeting. And my mom had died, and I attempted to raise her from the dead. And so I'm 0-1 for raising from the dead. But the week before my mom died, a friend of mine had said, if you want to learn to raise the dead, you need to be around dead people. So you can't raise the dead without dead people. You need, you need part one, you know. And so uh, exactly a week later, I come to my folks' house. My mom's under a sheet, you know. And so I had the option to be a man and cry with my father downstairs or be a son of God and go against death, right? And for some reason, I went against death. Didn't work out. And so weeks later, months later, I'm in Connecticut, and uh, we're at a TGI Friday, some restaurant, and I'm eating some barbecue ribs. My friend's eating chicken wings. 
and right in my perspective about mm, maybe six feet away at a table, a lady starts choking. And she's got something caught, you know, and she's, you know, choking, you know. We all know choking. The husband, I think the husband, there's two couples, husband goes around and gives her Heimlich. But, you know, for Heimlich, you have to do it with force. Right. It's not a hug. Right. It's a forceful thrust, right? And he gave a hug. and He gave a hug and a squeeze. Mm-hmm. Unaffected, right? So my friend uh, across the table from me sees what's going on and starts praying in tongues immediately. He's praying in tongues. Looks at me and he gives me the universal sign of pray with me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm enjoying my barbecue ribs, right? With fervor, you know? And so the lady gets no help from, I think, her husband, but then the other man, who I guess wasn't her husband, because I guess husbands should be first, you know? And he comes around, he does it right, and it was too thrust, and, and something comes out of her mouth, and she can breathe, right? And they're happy, and they, they leave the restaurant. It's, the restaurant's almost closing, it's kind of laid out. My friend, when they leave the restaurant, my friend almost starts to cuss me out and says, what's your problem? You saw the lady in dire, dire need, and you didn't pray. I said, I know I didn't pray. I wanted her to die. <laughs> he went, he went, what? <laughs> you, we pray against that. I said, no, you were praying against that. I wanted to work on my resurrection powers. <laughs> and he looked at me and went, that's the wrong mindset. No. I know to raise the dead, to get good at it, I need dead people to practice with. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Oh, uh, if I want to volunteer. Yeah. I think this is going to be cut short. <laughs> I go, See you later. Thank you, Wally, for coming. There'll be no Friday meeting. <laughs> I don't want you coming to my house. You can raise well, me. Only if you're dead. So. Appears, but, so but, but that was a different mindset. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying that's everyone's mindset, but that was mine at that time, and I'm still looking for that because when I go against it, I'm not doubting at all. Mm-hmm. When my pastor, the first 10 people my pastor prayed for the sick, <laughs> the first 10 people died. I looked at my pastor and said, well, you stopped, right? Because, dude, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, you're 0 for 10. Not just got sicker. They died. I'm like, I'm thinking, you don't teach healing, right? I mean, you know, you shouldn't teach healing because this is, if you're based on experience, bad. Based on the word, it doesn't matter, right? So I'm sitting there in his office going, didn't you feel discouraged? (laughs) You know, and I'm like, he says, well, I was was acting on the word, not acting on my experience. I thought, but didn't you feel bad? (laughs) You know, I mean. In football, if you're 0 and 10, it's a bad season, you know, and you don't recruit well, you know. And I have this, you know, thingy, and then I, I believe, who was it, John Wimber? His deal was even worse than that. Like the first thousand people didn't get healed, right? I'm thinking, you have to wait a thousand? What's the number, you know? I'm thinking, I'm giving up on oh 100 or 120, you know. But, but again, if your mindset is natural, right, you stop. Because natural standards say, it's not working out. He may want to choose a different profession. <laughs> he may want to be like, use car salesman. You know? <laughs> but this healing thingy, I don't think it's a working, it's like your calling. <laughs> you know, that's viewing it from a natural standard. We're not called to be from here. 
right? We need to figure out where we're from and be there, be loyal to our team. You know, you know Fairweather fans, right? Well, God, I was on your team until the 10 people died, so I'm going to kind of trade off. But I want the heaven option. Can you keep the heaven option? Mm-hmm. That's not the way it works. We need to be, we got to stop being double-minded. We can't be natural-minded and supernatural-minded. We can't be leaving God for stuff, doing a, a faith meeting, and then outside the door go, that was a tough night. Nothing happened. It doesn't matter what happens. Right? If we're sold out on this camp, it does not matter what happens on earth. Right? I mean, yeah. now, I'm being real, right? But it, it does, Wally, because it, no. What's your standard? Natural, where I must see something, or spirit was it doesn't matter what I see. The just live by faith, not sight. Do I need my soul to validate stuff? I used to. If my soul didn't agree with the scripture, it went, we're not going to do that. Who is your Lord really? Who says yes or no for you? It used to be my, my checkbook. Shall we go to the mission trip? Check an account. What do you say? Right? Okay. That's, that's normal living. So now we go, let's pray about that. Father, I know you're leading you, but let's pray some more. What is that? That's selfish, weirdo stuff, you know? Anyway, so you get the point, right? Um, this is a James Gall quote from, I stole off of Facebook, but I'm giving James credit. With Jesus on the cross, our old human nature was executed. After it was dead and gone, it was resurrected to new supernatural life, right? So if we've been crucified in Christ, we no longer live, right? So we no longer live towards this natural means. We need to figure out what it means to live on the other side. We need to spend more time, effort, energy, desire of what it means to be over here, right? Are we just playing a game over here? What are we really doing, right? Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You're not, been, you're not doing well in the kingdom. You're not doing well on the earth. You're double-minded. You know, you're playing, you're rolling. I think it'll work this time. I'm going to go to the courts. I'm going to go back here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. You're double-minded. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like that, <laughs> you know, but that's what it is. If you're trying to live by both sets of rules, now we can give you a bunch of reasons why to do that, but it's just not the life we're called to live. We're called to live from heaven on earth. Right? And he's, he's equipped us and empowered us to do that. Am I doing that all the time? No. But does that mean I shouldn't talk about the truth? I need to change how I think this. I need to see you guys as powerful men and women of the Lord. Right? I need to see you as spirit beings and not people that are my age or older or stuck in the South or whatever, whatever, all the limitations, I need to see you limitless, right? Walking the power, realizing that the King of Kings is dwelling in your being right now. That's the truth. If I recognize and believe that, I should probably treat you a little differently. When you say, you know, when you share whatever part of your life, I shouldn't agree with you from a natural perspective. I should go, I think there's a different view, now, I may not have it, right? But I, sh- I can at least say, ah, ah, that's, that's, that's kind of natural. Oh, what are you? It's like one time I'm talking to a lady in Michigan. 
And um, she's saying like, well, you know, we've got mosques here. And they're doing their prayer thingy and Sharia law type stuff. And I say, well, what are your intercessors doing in the state? Well, we're praying. It doesn't seem like it's working. I'm like, y'all need to take that down. And she says, well, if you're so mighty in the spirit, why don't you come here and do it? If you can go in the spirit and do that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's what she says, right? This is my Christian godly friend, right? You know? And we were talking about that level of stuff, right? And, and instead of her, and I wasn't offended, and in me it rose up, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I, felt, I felt fully enabled, fully empowered, fully equipped to do it. Out of my mouth, instead of saying, I'm going to do it, out of my mouth says, I don't love them enough. And that was the answer that I didn't know was an answer that I needed to know. Mm-hmm. Because a month or two earlier, I stood against Hurricane Sandy. And in the spirit, I placed angels up and down the coast. But the angels stopped at North Carolina, because my sister lives there, and ended at Delaware, because that's as far as I could see. And, I, and when the hurricane came, of course, I do all this in the garage. It wasn't for days or hours. It was like maybe an hour. I come in from my faith after the Lord didn't go say, do it. I said, let's just see who I am. Let's just go for it, right? And while I was praying in tongues, I got this strategy and it was like I was placing angels up the coastline, like they were chess pieces, you know, no disrespect to the angels, but it's how I saw it. I don't know why it was that range of space. I come in feeling pretty invigorated in the kingdom. My wife says, are you going to the harbor store to get some sandbags? I'm like, I'm like, do you know who I am? Do you know I just did in the spirit? And then as I'm about to say that, and my chef just goes, what? Do you know who I am? On the TV, and she's watching the news channel, and on the TV, the newsman, well, it's a hurricane level, such and such. I turn, and I've only done this once before, that one time, I turn and lay hands on the TV. Sandy, you will not come to shore. Oh, I've already told you where you're going. You're not. And, you know, and I've never, ever done it before since, you know. My wife goes, whatever. You need to go get the sandbags right now. You, I'm not cleaning the mess up in their backyard. And our, our house is in the coldest that's corner. So there's three houses that feed into our house. So it runs off, you know. So it's naturally designed to take in a lot of water, right? So I'm looking at my life. And she's sitting there, you know, with the changer thingy, watching the weather channel. I'm looking in here, thinking about what I just did, strangely, in front, on the TV, and what I did in the garage. And I'm thinking... If I get sandbags, do I undo what I did? Faith that works is dead. I did those works. Does the sandbags undo that? Or does it okay because I did that? My wife goes, well, are you getting the sandbags? I'm like, if I I honor my wife, I can sleep with my wife tonight. <laughs> this is the real deal, right? If I do the faith thing and don't, but so I turn my life. I am not getting sandbags. <laughs> she stands up, goes in the hallway, and closes the bedroom door, which means I'm not sleeping in my bed tonight, <laughs> right? That's right. So I'm like going, this faith walk is tough. <laughs> the price of faith. <laughs> 
So now, you know, we have to exercise this stuff, right? You know, we have to practice the word. We have to, you know, be put some meat in the game, right? Flesh in the game. So the night comes, the night goes. I wake up on the couch. I pull back the curtain. No rain. No wind. No trees down. No water in the backyard. And I'm like, hey. Right, because I mean, it was, it, it was a risk, right? I mean, I'd never done it before, right? I'm now on Facebook going, people in New York, what you need to do is go in your garages and place the angels. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. My wife comes out, I'm thinking she's gonna go, oh my gosh, you're such a godly man. Thank you for standing for the, this is my fantasy world. Thank you for standing for the family and all of Virginia in parts of Delaware in North Carolina. I can't believe you took your place on the wall as a watchman, a godly man. You rose up in a time of need. During the day of power, you volunteered. You loved not your life unto death. And you, I'm waiting for my speech, right? Because I'm, I'm worthy of the applause of my wife, right? Because the fruit is outside. It's actually sunny, you know? Our tree in the back is not down. There's nothing flooding. There's nothing. Yeah, nothing. I didn't drive in the neighborhood to you know, beat it in. So I'm like, she goes, what are you doing? I'm telling the folks in New York what they need to do. Oh, my gosh. You better tell them to get sandbags. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but look. Dun, dun, dun. See what the Lord have done. And she's like, she goes to the kitchen, does breakfast. So I'm thinking like, you know, what did Jesus do? That's why he didn't get married. I know this is what he... So, so but, for, but for days, so then the next few hours, New York got smacked bad. And I thought, hmm, how come in my little garage deal, it was real clear I went to Delaware, and real clear it was North Carolina, not South Carolina, not further down, all of Virginia. What was the deal? I said, what was the deal, God? Doesn't tell me. Until the answer came when I was talking to the mission person. If you love, love is a desire that gives you the power to do so, because faith worketh by love. I love my sister in North Carolina, so I had love for North Carolina because of my sister. I lived in Virginia, definitely cover that area, right? And I knew some friends in Delaware. And when I said on the Michigan phone call, I don't love them enough, they weren't in my heart, mm-hmm. okay? And I, at that point, I didn't know it until it came to my mouth that, oh, that area, that territory needs to be in my heart. I need to have a love, motivation, desire that would enable me to love not my life, and faith works by love, and power, da da da, all to be, and I went, Wow, that's good. She was like, what's good? Are you going to do it or not? <laughs> I went, I, I don't love him enough. Hmm. Now, I can't get to love him enough, but at that moment, I didn't, right? And I was like, hmm, this love thing is pretty intense. God so loved the world that he, hmm, this is the motivation we need. It's not a pure human love. It's something else. And we know that in Romans, someplace it says that for the love of God constrains my heart. So the love of God is available 
if we get in God's love, the same love that motivated him to give his son, what can we do with that kind of love? Mm-hmm. Unstoppable. Forget ten cities, ten nations, ten planets, ten galaxies, right? Unstoppable. If we will choose to not look at things from a natural perspective, mm-hmm. but go across the veil and spend time with our tutors, the magistrates, and renew this thingy, right? I wish we could swap it in, you know, swap it a hard drive, but it's not that way. You know, that'd be easy. Oh, you've come to the kingdom, swap out. Whoa. (laughs) But it's not that way. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. We read that, we have no idea what that means. But it says it. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. Flesh and blood. Jesus said, flesh and blood does not reveal this to you. Flesh and blood is this. It's a mindset. Your natural mindset cannot function in the kingdom. We, or at least you guys are better than I, I will bring my, my natural mindset and my natural thinking and my natural rules into the kingdom and go, well, Lord, I thought you could do da-da-da. He's like, why did you think that? Well, because my experience, oh, other side of the veil. <laughs> we operate a little differently here. Definitely in the kingdom is a kingdom of honor, right? A little honor over here, right? A lot of honor here. So, but flesh and blood doesn't inherit, doesn't function well in the kingdom, doesn't, not expedient, not, a lot of knots, right? Therefore, there's an option. Don't live from flesh and blood. Live from your spirit on both sides. And the key thing is when we come into the kingdom, we think that, you know, uh, in the kingdom, we enter, because of Jesus, we are the righteous of God in Christ Jesus, right? That's a kingdom truth for all those who are in Christ Jesus. And therefore, Father, the leading authority says, oh, you're clean, you're good. On this side, you know, if you have a speeding record, you know, the policeman doesn't go, oh, it's been five years. Oh, no, you're still guilty. I still see you as a bad guy, mm-hmm. right? Even though you've paid the fine, there's a little ding on you for a while, right? We kind of think of that in the kingdom. We go in the kingdom and go, you know, I was really bad for a lot of years. I think the Lord's probably kind of tolerating me for a while. And we bring in a mindset from here to over here. It's wrong, but if we want to act like a servant in the kingdom, we can be a servant in the kingdom and not be a son. So I'm telling you, figure out who you are over here and be that. Mm-hmm. It's available. But if you want to be a servant or immature in the kingdom, you can be. Or you can choose to put on the mind of Christ, see yourself as not from a human perspective, and be that way. Therefore, trust no human. Okay? Back in the day, I was thinking about bringing t-shirts down. (laughs) You know? know, Ne humans crede. You know? And you can Google it. It's actually there. I didn't make it up. You know? So someone for a long time has been running with this statement. I am human if I agree with a natural mindset, the wisdom of the world, and consider myself before the cross. i read that again. I am human if I agree with a natural mindset, the wisdom of the world, and consider myself before the cross. Okay? But that's not true. I am born from above, John 3, 3. The 
normal translation is, you must be born again. The Amplified says, born from above. The Hebrew gives the deal of being regenerated from on high. Regenerated? That sounds like Marvel comic book type stuff. We are superhuman, right? We're not human, we're superhuman, or totally non-human spirit. We're something other than human, okay? And so, let's not wait to understand what we are. Just stop being this, you know? And let the Father define us, right? And don't stay with your natural understanding of who you are. Just kind of go, Father, I am whatever you say I am. If English and Latin and Aramaic and French and all these languages can't define me because they're limiting me, I don't want to be limited. So I'm just going to be your son and all that's in that word. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously saying that one time doesn't change you. But it's kind of like the reason why we take communion, right? And we will do communion, right? But not yet. That wasn't your cue. Cue, communion. But those are things that help us change, right? To become not just natural, right? To, to, to offend our little natural mindset, right? It's offensive thinking that if I partake in this, I'm changed. It's, that's, that's stupid. Your brain goes, no, you're not. 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 Spirit minutes, yes, I am. My DNA is changing. DNA is changing. You can't stop me changing. I'm going from glory to glory, strength to strength. I am what he says I am. I'm dominating you. The greater is he's in me than he is in the world or in my head. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yay, good fun stuff. John 3 3. Jesus said, I assure you, most solemnly tell you, <laughs> that unless a person is born again, born anew, born from above, he cannot ever see, ever know, ever be acquainted with. Or experience the kingdom of God. Yeah. Ever? I solemnly tell you. This is Jesus going, okay, look, I'm talking to one of the most knowledgeable people on the planet, you know. Jesus one on one, you know. It's still kind of wild, it's a nighttime thing. He's actually I think it was a vision type deal, but it's a very, very clear conversation. Okay, you ain't going to get there. He goes, how can I get in my mother's womb? Dude, what are you talking about? You're thinking like you're a natural man. But he knew more than that. Okay. But Jesus is very clear. Cannot ever see, experience, be acquainted with. But we try. Or I try. You know. What if I just like, you know, sometimes sin? (laughs) What if I... Think spiritual on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. What if I do communion once a month, or, okay, five times a month, you know? What if I, and when I'm making deals, right? I need to do this, and I need to stop trying to figure out what it is and say, Father, let's do this born-again thing, because obviously it's just not saying a prayer. It's obviously not just joining a church. It's obviously not just repenting. It's something. It's not what I've been taught it's not looking the guy with the John 3.16 fro, you know, and he, you, you be born again. What does that mean? I need to get the, the natural understanding of that out of my brain. It's not going back in my mother's womb. What is it? What is it to have your sperma, your life in my being? 
I can't comprehend that. I don't want to understand it. I just want it to happen. How do I participate with that? Because I want to be fully acquainted with your kingdom. I want to know your kingdom. I want to be a son and active in your kingdom. If I can't do that naturally, let's, I'm up for whatever we're going to do. Show me the way. You said the sons are led by the Spirit. I'm willing, wanting, ready. I love you. Show me the way. Lead me. Because it's impossible. Flesh and blood does not inherit the kingdom. But I'm your son. I'm inheriting the kingdom. We have a problem. Yes, because now that you're Galatians 2.20, no longer alive and crucified with Christ Jesus, I'm good. If I agree with that. Agree with it mentally, emotionally, heart-wise, and stuff. Or am I secretly holding on to my humanity? Do I have a secret alliance with the natural? Am I bound to the earth? You know, how do I cut my ties to natural living? I think it's a process. You can't have it both ways. Um, Psalm 119, 113. I hate the thoughts of the undecided. Double-minded people, but I do love your law. James 1.8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Amplified, for being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable, unreliable, uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. So we're not talking about being Gnostic, you know, where this is all bad and we're only spirit only. And that's something that, you know, I was going on this path, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm building a case for Gnosticism. No, I'm building a case for, Father, who am I? I'm not trying to make up who I am. I need you to show me who I am. And once you show me, can you empower me to be who you called me to be? I can't do it in my own strength. I tried, failed. Tried to comprehend it, failed. Definitely can't get in my Greek mindset, you know, because I'm smart enough to be a son, you know. You know, you don't qualify by being smart enough or have enough verses and scriptures. He qualifies you. We must embrace the nature and character of our Father. Well, that gets you kicked out of churches. Mm-hmm. You can't. You're not. You're not. He made me the righteous of God, Christ Jesus. He made me. I didn't make me. He made me. Do I agree with it? Do I embrace it? Do I accept it? Well, if you do the living sacrifice enough, you will, right? Um, for me, the, the Zechariah 3 of new garments was what just, just radically helped me. The high priest is soiled new garments, you know, and I can almost do my Ian imitation, but it's like, because when, it, when things go weird, I go, I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. New garments, <laughs> right? And then I get my own mitre, I mean, he, he clothes me. I can't clothe myself. He makes me whole. I can't be whole myself. Um, all, of my, all of my righteousness is as filthy rags. All of his righteousness is correct. Right? Um, John six sixty six. After this, many of the disciples drew back and returned to their old associations. When you hear this truth, do you press in or you turn back to the natural? This is, you know, I know it's a daily decision, hour by hour decision, you know, moment, but we'll be, 
in the season of Extreme Days Red, the Father will bring this to our deal. Wally, are you going to give them the message I told you to speak, or are you going to go natural? Wally, are you going to do what I asked you to do, or are you going to be natural? You know, you know enough now, just not from your Greek mindset, you, you know me, you've tasted me. You know my goodness. Are you going to deny the truth? And, and hold on to your natural associations? Or are you going to go, I don't understand, but I'm still following? That's where we're at. And for me personally, I, I'm working on not needing to understand. Mm-hmm. I used to have, I mean, I was like, if I didn't understand, I didn't do it. I don't care who spoke to me. Angel, God, it didn't matter. If it didn't, if there was no agreement here, I wasn't doing it. I don't care who, what confirmed, whatever. Was not doing it because this was my Lord. I'm pointing at my head at this time. Um, so let me say this again. John six sixty six. After this, and for us right now, after this meeting of you're going to be human or more, you know, many of his disciples, these are guys who knew him, committed, not just, hey, I heard a meeting was going on. <laughs> you know, these are following. They gave up homes and houses and callings and destinies and, and uh, legacies and inheritances and stuff, right? Uh, reputation stuff. And they said, it's too much. Return to their old associations and no longer accompanied him. The power that will keep you in this real life is relationship with him. Okay? Not understanding him, but just hanging out going, hey, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't leaving. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, no, I can't explain it. I can't tell anybody else. But I'm telling you, Peter, the next meeting, I'm still coming. I don't know what happened here, but I'm coming back next week. I'm not telling anybody because I don't know what to tell them. But I'm coming back next week. Well, you may tell you again what happened? Nope, because it went over my head. But I'm coming back Wednesday. And I'm keeping coming back because something tasted good here. I can't explain it. don't understand it. kind of don't like it, but I know it's right. And so I'll see you next week. know how I got here anyway, but I'm showing back next week. You know, I will find you again in Jesus' name or whoever. <laughs> you know, you drive off, right? You come back. So, will you continue to associate with the new or return to the familiar? Oh my. What if it's new every morning? Oh, can we just get, can we just settle down and get stable? Actually, it's no. Um, The Father is constantly living because he's in eternity. We need to be on that too. We want to camp. We're, We're built on this side, campers. This side, constantly moving. Campers? Movers, movers and shakers, campers, right? You know, we, we're over here and we go, let's get some more people. We come back on this side and we camp and say, well, we're going to move again, but we're just going to gather a few people. Deception, <laughs> you know, we get up to some people, some familiar people, familiar with the new, but time goes by and the new now becomes old because you're not being refreshed over here and you've got a little group, and it becomes a denomination, you know, call the river, call it whatever new name you want to, you know, the spirit movers, whatever, sons of God, some new title comes on, because you don't come over here, 
and stay moving with them. The first time I heard that deal was when Lester Summerall was alive. I was at a meeting. He said, I've left three or four churches to keep following God. I went, time. Weren't you the pastor of those churches? <laughs> he said, yes. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm okay with members of the church leaving and following the Lord. But the pastor left and his church people stayed. I thought, this is real. He had a real relationship with the living God and kept going with God, and they didn't come. So he said, I'm gone. And I was like, so I, understood. I, could, I could comprehend one time, but three or four? I'm thinking, what kind of people do you associate with? Well, at the time, they were movers, but then they camped. And he said, I'm still moving. They're like, well, we like it here. We like it this side of the Jordan. It's really nice, good, good ground, you know. We're, we're, we're healed now. We were sick and dying. We're now healed. So we get the revelation of healing. So we're, we're satisfied. We're prospering. You know, we're, we're, we're healed and healthy and prospering. This is a good place to camp. Uh, authority and power. I don't know about that. We're, just, we're healthy and prospering. Is it cool? I mean, think where we were. We were dying and small and insignificant. Now we're prospering and healthy. I think we want to stay here. But over there is ruling and reigning with the Father. Ah, I don't know about that. I mean, it's so far away. I mean, there's a veil and everything between us, you know. But it's torn. But uh, we're healthy. Remember how it was? Sick and dying and poor. Now we're healthy and prosperous. I think we'll stay here. You never know what's really over there. Right? He's always moving, mm-hmm. right? He's always moving. Glory to glory. Mm-hmm. Not glory to stop. It's glory to glory. Strength to strengthening. Different mindset. The journey is to be traveled not by the flesh as man, but as a new creation. Mm-hmm. Galatians 3.3. 3, Are you so foolish and so senseless and so silly Having begun your new life spiritually and with the Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence upon the flesh? You got this place because of God. Now do you stop or do you stay with keep going with God? Well, it's pretty good where we got here. We've got a long way. We've got a long, long way. We've traveled far. Look at all we accomplished. My children have earned school now. You know, less divorces. All this good stuff, we, we have all these reasons to camp. But that's not our destiny is being campers. Okay? We're movers and shakers. Right? Whew. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stop there. Um, but do you get the difference there? You know? Can you, you, you can feel the, the battle kind of, what is he asking us to do? I'm asking you to ask the Father. That's what I'm asking you to do. And say, Father, I know you love me. Have I camped? Am I too natural? Is there anything you want me to... Have I settled? Am I moving with you? Am I too far behind you? Are you, are, am I, are you leading me? Or I'm thinking you're leading me. <laughs> do I want to be led? You know, and this, is, this is one of those... You know, one-on-one talks, right? And saying, wow, 
I, I, I like being human. I've been human most of my life. <laughs> I'm really familiar with this human thing. Yeah, I've got it down. I finally got it down, right? So, but this is, this is one of those hard sayings, if you will, you know, that's it's, it's designed to challenge, right? It's a giant designed for you to, to check who you are, right? In light of his definition, not a world's definition, not your definition, not your spouse's definition, not your kid's definition, but his. So when you go to the father and say, um, hey, how's it going? Long time no see. Hope it's not going to be that. How's it going? I heard something the other day, you know, a meeting about, you know, that some Latin thing he threw out there to, to tempt us with, you know. But I was just going to check in. Am I on the pace? You know, you've made me perfect. You've made me righteous. But am I on the Am I with you? Am I going where you're going? Am I in my own strength, little strength? I need more of you. Just kind of checking, a little checkup here, you know. I'm not feeling condemned. I'm just doing a pace check, right? So, so I would just ask you to, you know, look at that. Look at John 66, you know, and just go, hey, am I, am I, have I gone back in any area to an old familiar association or am I pressing into the new and still following you. Let's do a kind of self-gut check, right? Um, and then we're fine. And again, we're not, this isn't a woe is me. I'm sorry, I stopped traveling for three minutes. Well, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. We're allowed to pause and rest, but this is not that. It's about settling in our mind, right? And, um, and thinking that natural is okay. Natural is not okay. Human is not okay, right? We're something else. And the one who knows who we are, you need to ask him. Okay? Amen. Now let's do communion. Mm-hmm.